Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly, and I am honored to be here presenting for the Produce Industry Podcast and the Produce Industry coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is January 25th, 2021, and it is the last Monday of January 2021. Can you believe that, that we are already through one month of the new year? I told it in the first episode that we are gonna be blowing through the first quarter. I think that we have a lot to cover and a lot of things happening over the first quarter and of 2021. Now we have our featured guest today, which is John Green Logistics, as well as our standard sponsor, Indianapolis Fruit Company, who's gonna be kicking off the episode. We're gonna start off with my man, Ross Nelson, who is the Vice President of Retail and Execution at Indianapolis Fruit Company. And he has not been on the show, not once, not twice, not three times, but that's right, four times. And we are talking all things Indie Fruit Company this time, and I love it. And then our featured guest, John Green Logistics. Now, I met John Green Logistics in the virtual world of 2020, that's right. Everybody was talking about how bad 2020 was. Guess what? I had made so many relationships that is now flown over to 2021. I'm thinking that 2021, 2022, 2023 are going to be great years because of all the new connections that I've met. We have Maddie Fisher and Scott Geiser on the line from John Green Logistics. Now, Maddie is an experienced social media marketer skilled in planning, implementing, managing, and monitoring all the company's social media strategy. And let's talk about Scott. I love his bio, everyone, because this is what it says. He's an experienced logistics manager, father of two amazing little humans, not vampires. We're talking human beings here. And he's a podcaster as well. He's got his own podcast. There are goals that he has all along the produce and supply chain industry with professionals and the purpose of adding value in various ways. So I am excited to have all three of these guests on the line today. And I want to give a huge shout out to all of our sponsors here at the Produce Industry Podcast as we grow together. And that's been the goal since I started uh, April. April 1st, 2020, is growing our industry together. So without further ado, let's get Ross Nelson on the line from Indianapolis Fruit Company. Hey, Ross, welcome back to the show today, man. Thanks, Patrick. It's an honor to be here again. Listen, man, I am so excited to have you on in January of 2021 because Indianapolis Fruit Company is an official standard partner of the Produce Industry Podcast and one I am just truly honored to have you on and have Indie Fruit as a partner of the show, man. So thank you so much. Well, we're just glad to be part of it and be able to be a sponsor and continue to promote the produce industry through the podcast and the various uh, media outlets that you're doing and the cool things you've got going on. I appreciate that, man. And the biggest thing here is everybody is growing together. You ever notice when you look out a crop and you look at that tree it's got more than one piece of fruit on it. Now, unless you're a pineapple, right? One, you know, one pineapple, but normally it takes a community or a group, right? It's not just one piece of citrus. It's a bunch of citrus on the tree. And that's how I look at this industry is that we all collectively work together. So Ross, appreciate it again. Let's talk about Indianapolis Fruit Company. What is going on? What is to come? All right, Patrick. Well, you know, we've got a lot of cool things. We've got our weekend winners, which are on a little bit of a hold until Daniel gets back, which will be back in early February. We've got the Indianapolis Fruit Bowl or the Indie Fruit Bowl, as it's called, which is our weekly newsletter. There's a lot of good information. We always got the what's chopping, talking about what's happening. We've got the merchandising tips and a little bit of the crop update. So those are some cool things we have going. Uh, the one that we just recently came out with is all about the Super Bowl and the glorious avocado, the, which a lot of people don't realize is actually a fruit and part of the berry family. So we've got some cool things happening. Um, you know, we're in from Wisconsin down to Florida. 
Uh, there's a new Earth Fair opening up in your neck of the woods. I think you're going to go check that out here, if I'm not mistaken. I am going to get down to Seminole. If as long as we can make it work, I don't want to be one of those crazy guys standing outside with a camera. Um, but as long as they welcome me with open arms, I, I want to be there because I think that is very valuable to our industry is seeing some of these new things and seeing how they display all the products, man. I mean, a new store is big. Yeah, I know they're going to be having citrus very prominent. Uh, we just started shipping this week, the Sumo Citrus, you know, which is a favorite for this time of year. So that's a great item that you'll see in the store and a lot of the cool things that they're doing with juices and vegetables and, and uh, the garden cut fruit and vegetables that they're going to be doing from us. Uh, that's kind of something new that we're working on and, and developing. So the nice thing about uh, Earth Fair and my friend Corky Anderson, who's the produce director there, is they're, they're not willing to sacrifice, you know, for the customer. They're always willing to innovate and stay fresh and look at new things that are going on. You know, what's interesting too, is that as a wholesaler, right? Indianapolis Fruit Company being a wholesaler, it is so fantastic to hear about the retail relationships that you service. A lot of the wholesalers in, you know, I said the United States, all over the place, all over the globe, you know, they play an important part within this industry. And you just named it. Having those relationships with retailers, the food service uh, companies, I know that there's business down, right? Due to, you know, restaurants still being closed and not operating at 100%. But it's key to what you just said, the relationships so we know that Indianapolis Fruit Company is all the way in Indiana, right? But they're shipping all the way down to Florida. That's fantastic. That's right, Patrick. We're in 19 states and we are not letting off the gas. Uh, we're excited for all that we're able to do for our customers and always looking at what's next. What different thing are we missing the boat on that we can bring to the table for our customer base? Um, you know, one of the things that we're looking at is the meal kit category. You know, that's a growing segment that we're looking at what what things are we missing out? What things are down the pipe that we need to have and offer out to our customer base? You know what you're missing, Ross, I'll, I'll be real. You're missing the Flavor Wave app. That's what you're missing. You need that direct to consumer aspect that goes beyond all levels of channels that you have. We need to get you guys hooked up with that direct to consumer model. It doesn't It doesn't bite into the retail, everyone, but it takes a new channel within the produce industry, being able to market your brands. Ross, I keep telling you that, man. We got to get on that get on that call to get you teamed up with talking to our guys over at uh, Flavor Wave Fresh. I, I knew that you were coming with that since I hosted that <laughs> podcast uh, interviewing you and Michael. So I knew that was coming, and I'm sure that's something we'll be working on here in the new, near future. With us being a, a sponsor now, you know, more things to come, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think that it tails back to the beginning of the conversation, which is growing together. Uh, listen, you're not going to grow by yourself. If you do, you might. Uh, just it's very lonely sometimes when you're, you know, you're one lonely tree on a lonely, you know, Hector. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. It's just how we can work together, how we can increase the produce industry. How can we really elevate fresh produce consumption inside everybody's homes? With 2021 being the year of fruits and vegetables, we should be pounding the streets. We should be hitting it hard, talking about how important it is, not just this year, but every single year to promote fresh fruits and vegetables, not healthy eating, not clean eating. Listen, people, I'm going to tell you something. In the 1800s, we didn't have processed foods. We didn't in the 1900s. Heck, we had wholesalers starting in the 1900s. There wasn't processed foods back then. They were selling fresh fruits and vegetables, fresh cattle, fresh meat. Guess what? Now is the time to bring that back. Let's bring fresh fruits and vegetables into our lives. Yep, I'm with you 100%. Fresh fruits and vegetables are just such a healthy benefit for the body and the mind and everything that it contributes to. And whatever we can do at Indianapolis Fruit to ensure that customers are able to have fresh fruits and vegetables is what we're all about. And staying innovative to what is up with the industry. Yeah, you know what? And we haven't even talked about it yet. But if you haven't heard, and what you need to, is those weekend winners. So a lot of the products that Indianapolis Fruit Company sells and packs and distributes is on their YouTube channel. We call these things the weekend winners. We brought them on the show before January because we thought, 
or I say, I thought, right. Or, you know, collaborative effort, Ross, we thought, wait a minute, how can we build something together that gets our brands out there? Well, these weekend winners is a perfect approach. I've had so many people call and say, where do you get that garden cut? You know, that blend you guys do. So that's the, you know, really important uh, aspect of this is that we are showing you brands. We are showing you product. Check out Indianapolis Fruit Company's YouTube page and all their social media following. But Ross, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. I want to thank you for being a standard sponsor and everything that you're doing in the produce and supply chain industry, man. Thank you, Patrick. And it was a pleasure to be here. Look forward to the future. It's always great to hear from Ross Nelson at Indianapolis Fruit Company. Great guy, great team, and what they are doing up in Indianapolis and in the other 19 states. So let's hear from another sponsor before we get John Green Logistics on the line. Sayonara, arrivederci, au revoir, goodbye 2020. Join the United Refresh Experience to bid farewell to the year of disruption. 2020 stressed the flexibility of our supply chain and the essential services we take for granted. It's time for a refresh. As we move into the new year, the need to connect with one another in new ways is critical to the future success of the fresh produce industry around the globe. Through 10 thought-provoking sessions during the month of January, United Fresh will explore ways to refresh your business, refresh your company, and refresh your life during the new United Refresh experience. Head to unitedfresh.org today to learn more. Welcome to Terra Exports, where culture and diversity meet the produce industry. Let's hear from some of the exciting staff at Terra Exports. Hi, my name is Ludmila. I live in Kiev. I'm a senior sales manager of European division of Terra Export. What I like in Terra is to work with team and people so patient of what they are doing. Hello, guys. This is Marcelo from Terra Exports domestic team. I am a coordinator and I love working for Terra. Hey guys, this is Yesenia. I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I work with Terra Export in our headquarters office. I am the shipping and logistics manager, and what I love the most working with Terra is working alongside such passionate people. Hi, this is Anna. I live in Bogota, Colombia. I am part of the Tropicals Divisions. I am in charge of the sales and purchase for this division. And what I like to work in Terra is the people and the diversity we have in the company. Terra Export. Terra Exports. Terra Exports. Terra Exports. Visit them at terraexports.com. Great to hear from some of our sponsors with United Refresh only one week left. I guarantee you there is a refresh experience headed your way. And it's also great to hear from Terra Exports, our first fancy sponsor of the Produce Industry Podcast. So without further ado, let's get Maddie Fisher and Scott Geyser online of John Green Logistics. Hey, Maddie. Hey, Scott. Welcome to the show today. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for having us. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here, man. Well, let's give a shout out. You are the first logistics company that is on the show. So we have to give a shout out because as we are building out the produce industry podcast, and I've talked to Maddie off the mic that we are trying to get each sectors of the industry on our podcast. So fantastic to have you on the show today. Really am. It's really awesome to be here. This is our first uh, zoom uh, podcast with a produce, uh, with the produce industry. So uh, I think this is like a really good time for us to connect and talk. Well, you know, Maddie and I met pretty much through all this virtual networking and virtual shows that are going on, right, Maddie? I think it was back in June we connected of uh, in 2020. Yeah, we did. Um, I think it was maybe through the United Fresh one where we connected. I think I just added you and... You know, I just made so many point of contacts through all of these different virtual meetups. Um, it's my first year doing the marketing for John Green Logistics and Green Transport. So since COVID, I'm not able to go to any of the trade shows because there aren't any. So I'm meeting everybody virtually and I'm actually seeing everybody a lot more. So it'll be really interesting when we all get to meet each other in person. That's a good point. Time has changed. I mean, it, I was having another conversation earlier in the month and we talked about that, about how the virtual is going to stay. There's probably going to be a lot more hybrid events, but I agree. 
we would not have had this conversation because like we've always said, how would I have never, how would I have never, how would I have ever met Maddie if I was walking through a show, if I didn't know who she was or didn't see her face somewhere? It almost has to be like that if the stars align. And listen, we're in produce and supply chain. We've heard that all the time. If all the stars align, right? Like then it'll work. So I think it's been great though. It's great to have John Green Logistics on the show. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, your organization um, in the produce industry, because as I've started to do a little bit of research, um, talking a little bit with Maddie, I mean, the company is, you know, what, back in the 60s, this company started? I mean, geez, we're looking at years and years over 60 years of dedication. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, the, the, mm -hmm. The supply chain for produce goes all the way back to the Transcontinental Railroad. Um, some of the first Sunkissed citrus items were shipped on railroad. So produce and transportation are always going to be hand in hand. So I, I got to hear a little bit about John Green and the focus on the produce industry. That's great. I'm going to take this one because I know a little bit of the history. Uh, it's, a, it's a family kind of run. It's a family run business. It was John Green who started the company back there in 1962, and he actually. Uh, uh, my my relation is my grandfather uh is uh was a part of the company also for about 35 years and he uh the way it started is he was living up in Toledo Ohio and his uh his sister married John Green so uh my aunt Lou uh, John, uh Jeff Green's mother uh uh they got married and uh brother-in-law brought him down to Florida to uh, start this new transportation thing and they were starting off as peach buyers. So they were going up to Georgia and buying peaches and uh, going that route with trucks. And they did it for years and uh, transferred over into logistics, into the transportation side. And they did it right here in Titusville, Florida. And back then, uh, this was a big citrus area. You know, uh, obviously with citrus greening and everything, things kind of changed. And uh, the industry kind of fell apart uh, in this area. And California is a lot bigger now. And there's still some here, but, you know, it was different. So uh, they, you know, changed with the times as well and started, uh, you know, shipping all kinds of things and, uh, you know, turned into a brokerage company. And uh, was it uh, Jeff Green and, and, and Greg Green were together mm -hmm. brothers. And, and brothers and started the company. And now they've split, you know, about 20 years ago and just have different paths. And both are great companies and still do uh, are in business to this day. But uh, we've always been a real small company. And uh, it's only been like a few people. And uh, over the past, I don't know, 10 to 15 years, we've just kind of organically grown and uh, got in with some really great customers that we uh, do a lot of good work with. And uh, it's been kind of an awesome thing to be a part of it. I was brought in about 15 years ago and after my grandfather already retired. And uh, it's been a great experience overall. Yeah, I think that's what makes JGLC really unique is that we are small and it's also, you know, a family owned company and still is to this day. And, you know, we operate as a family along with our customers, our carriers, you know, so it makes us I, unique. I was going to say, I mean, with being, you know, the age you are and with the, I would say the amount of knowledge the company has. I mean, I was going to say that. I love that. You know, every time I hear about the Georgia peaches, because um, obviously uh, myself being in Tampa, Florida now, I get to experience some of the products that I always, I guess, knew about, but never knew they were there in California. Because when you live in California for so many years, you get like uh, overwhelmed with all the produce that's from California. You know what I mean? When you go to a grocery store in California, almost everything there is from California, unless, yeah. you know, unless it's the import season. So I love that too. So it brings you back to that the, these people, right? The, yeah, the, and, it, and know it's what crazy. They're doing. It's crazy the connection and trust that these people had, because like the way my grandfather worked is okay. Uh, a lot of these drivers would be sitting at a truck stop, and he'd have a Rolodex, and he'd get a phone call, you know, from John, and he'd say, "Okay, we got to thirty loads of peaches at this farm. Uh, get thirty trucks there. Like, where are these trucks going?" nobody knows yet because they're still selling these peaches or selling this product. <laughs> and so these trucks are getting loaded with product that nobody knows where it's going. They're like, Hey, you head West, you head North. They just you, know they're getting paid by the mile. And next time they're in town to come by and pick up their cash or their check, you know? Yeah. And the, uh, the, the packing shed was probably on the other side saying, get this fruit out of here. We have more fruit to run. Right. Yeah. And like growing up, I, like I was around my grandfather over the summers or I'd see him a lot, you know, as I got older. 
and he'd always be sitting on the back porch with a phone out there and he was always on his phone and now I totally understand mm -hmm. why <laughs> and can sympathize with that whole situation that I didn't understand as a, as a child. Oh man, I, I, I can tell you, I do. I remember the same thing. Even growing up, I, we, we lived in San Diego and my dad had an office out in the back. He, he's always been in produce and citrus in uh, Florida yeah. and California. And it's, you're right. I, I remember him always being on the phone, probably how my kid sees me, right? Always on the phone, always doing these things, but it's <laughs> yes. like, that's what it is. It's like, we're always, do we call it customer care anymore at this point? Because that, that's, you, I mean, that's the one like deep, deep, deep connection that everybody from uh, in logistics has. And, and that we, we are all on the phone day and night, you know, and we're on call 24 seven. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing your job and you care about what you do, then that's what's required to be successful in this business uh, from top sure. to bottom. Yeah, I would say it doesn't matter if you're a forklift driver all the way up to a, you know, a president of a Fortune 500 company in this industry. Yeah. And uh, like everybody, you got to be in it to win it. And and then this and this industry does weed out a lot of them. I mean, I've been in the logistics industry um, on the produce side. Heck, I worked for C.H. Robinson for a few years and I've owned my own logistics oh, yeah. brokerage uh, in California when oh, yeah. I was starting out. So I know a thing or two about broker and trucks. I know a thing or two about all the fun problems that could come with that as well, right? Being asset based or non-asset based. So, oh, it um, it can definitely have a challenge at its time, and and it's something that uh, I think it's a barrier that needs to be broken down by more of just a mutual trust of people. But I think that there's valid uh, concerns all across the board, and they just need to be met, you know, properly to I, I uh, for it to work. Well, that's what I was going to say, because one thing that I always, you know, used to get, and I was on the produce side um, when I was at Robinson, but it didn't matter. It was like, no one wants to deal with a broker. You know yep. what I mean? It's like, that's exactly. like the biggest thing you get. And, and trust me, I have a lot of my wholesalers that I deal with and they'll be like, oh man, I had this beep, <laughs> you know, to call oh, me and, and, he said, and he said, he's hauling your citrus. And he told me that I need to be doing business with him. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, I sell everything FOB. Um, <laughs> you know, but it is. It's 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 hard for for uh, for that. And I think it's your line of work. You know, Maddie Scott. It's it's yep. it's a tough business to be in. The brokerage world is very tough, and it's like and it's how do you, very volatile right now too. Oh gosh, I could I could imagine. And and even with all the new things that are happening, I mean, putting trucks on the road twenty four seven. You know, you want to have less CO two emissions, but you still got to move yep. all move and shake. So, you know, yep. uh, you know, what about what about that? I mean, Maddie, can you talk to that or even Scott, wh whichever one I'll let you, you know, fight or duke it out over this, but talk to me about the trust and the honesty. Cause I'm telling you, like that is a big factor for the produce industry. Yep. It, it, it really, really, really is. And, and on our end as well, you know, we, we all are working to, uh, with each other through phone calls, uh, whether you're asset based or your, uh, uh, or your brokerage. And we are both, we do have both. Uh, we've had green transport companies since 1982 as well. And I think we're 20 mid twenties on trucks. I'd have to, I don't have that data in front of me, but uh, we've been shipping. See our, our, one of our big uh, assets as a company is we have a deep relationship with Canada. Uh, we have some longstanding customers that we work with in Canada. And so uh, that's just, that's given us an edge because we have a lot, a large uh, Canadian base of customers and drivers and uh, I love it. run California back up you know, import into Canada produce. So I didn't and, know uh, that. I didn't know that, yeah. Scott. And, you know, sure. so now I got to tell you. That's been kind of a crutch of our business as well. Like that's kind of what was the. We're about thing. in Canada. Do what? We're about in Canada. Where's your Mon name's Montreal? Yeah, Montreal. You got Quebec City. Uh, I mean, we're going, I mean, we're kind of going to every uh, BC. We're going to every region right now. Yeah. And the uh, reason I say my, that. Uh, that's not my uh, expertise. But it's been, uh, we have other uh, brokers and, uh, and the owner of our company really that's developed all of that over the years. That's fantastic. That's, that's, that's what's been one of our, uh, that's been one of our big assets uh, for our company. And the U.S. market something we've always been a part of. But uh, when I first got into the business uh, there, it was more uh, buyers in the U.S. There were some big customers there, uh, but there wasn't uh, big produce grocery store chain type customers. And we've developed that over the years and uh, had, you know, longstanding relationships with them now. And it's just based on communication. You know, uh, once you get the trust built between both sides, and usually it's done through some uh, big issues, 
or uh, some problems, you know, if you deal with them the right way, it, it shows that you have the wherewithal as a company and that you care and that they're protected, then, uh, then everything's okay. And that's, 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 that's all that matters really. Yeah, I think on both sides of the fence, whether you're a produce buyer or or a freight purchase buyer, how do you say that, or a yeah. salesman, it's like yeah, I agree. It's more it's just like an understanding, understanding yeah. the principles, like what you're it's, doing, how you're doing it. Exactly. You know, the communication. I totally, I totally agree. I mean, because that is one of the faults. Like we, I mean, some of us all have a little bit of faults, but it's like those are some of the things. It's like you do want out of a logistics company. Um, oh, yeah. I, I can tell you one thing we we all hate is seeing that 30 you know paragraph email where you see all the time that they start listing all their you know how many emails we get from logistics companies that are those cold call emails from it, it, whether linkedin or i don't even know how they get the emails but i oh, agree with you yeah if you're authentic and your business is like i said the story behind john green logistics is amazing because it goes back all the way to being produce salesman and that's what's so fantastic mm -hmm. about it um, but it's true. There's so many companies that are just starting up and being logistics brokers, right? Oh yeah. I'll, I'll just buy and sell trucks. It's easier. I'll mark it up for $125 and, and boom, they didn't <laughs> realize they didn't have to have a surety bond or they had to have different licenses and they're like, yep. uh, wait, we had to have that. Like, well, and, and, and you know, when I first started, we didn't have a lot of the tools that we have at our disposure now. Now we had to do a lot of research on someone when we set them up, you know, we had the safer web. <laughs> You know, but there wasn't a whole lot out there, you know, so there was a lot of it was just built on longstanding trust and you had your load boards, you know, and you might, you know, develop some trust off of these, but, uh, you have a lot of issues too. Like, uh, us as a brokerage, we don't like posting loads and doing those type of things. Yeah, I agree. Truck. That's the biggest, uh, thing that I think is a, a, a problem with our, with our industry is, uh, oh, here we go is the truck drivers, man, is these guys are on the road, you know, in all conditions, having, you know, any, you know, all of range of brokers and dispatchers and transportation managers and customers and uh, shipping docks calling their phones while they're driving every day, you know, asking them a range of when can you be here pressure questions. And, and, you know, it not not many are going into the industry uh, anymore. It's not. Uh, it doesn't have the fruits of the labor that it used to in the past. You know, um, and I I gotta I gotta understand them and understand where they're coming from and listen to them. And that's the one thing that I'll say that this COVID did for, like, uh, not for me in general, but I think for a lot of people is that you know how valuable these guys are, and I think that's what. Uh, a big thing of what uh, the volatility of this market, I know it's a, a supply and demand, you know, situation with, with trucks on the road and stuff, but uh, you know, there's driving schools. They're not in uh, business right now or in full effect. So there, we have a whole year of uh, delays and getting new trucks and drivers to gain experience on the market. So the rates, these drivers need deserve to be paid, you know, and being a broker, that's the toughest part is being in the middle of, of that squeeze right now. Uh, and, yeah. and like that for the produce industry, I mean, and bought produce buyers and, and for everybody. And I, th I just think anybody that can withstand that and be there for each other through this, mm -hmm. you know, it's uh it says something about you. I hundred percent agree. I mean, I think that you've said it multiple times in the, in the last minute, but it was trust, right? communication. Uh -huh. yep. I mean, these are things that are clear within the produce and supply chain industry is that we need to understand because these drivers, just like the grower, right? They're getting our product to market. They're helping all the way up into that last mile until it goes to the retailer or the and restaurant or where, where, so yeah, you know? yeah, wherever it might go. And yeah. so we always take that blame. So, but this is a perfect time to take a quick break. You talked about trust. You talk about communication. Let's hear from some of our sponsors. Are you ready to enhance your skills? Every day we are tasked to make fast, effective decisions to keep up with the fast-paced produce industry. At AgTools, we take the pressure off of gathering data to help make your day easier and more enjoyable. Connecting the supply chain with AgTools is unique, practical, and easy. AgTools can be used from multiple angles of the produce industry, from farmers all the way to logistics companies. We call that 360-degree decision-making day after day. Visit www.ag.tools.com to gain more reliable and relevant data to see more, achieve more. And now, back to our show. 
Man, I'll tell you, it's great to hear from Ag Tools because they are on fire. Data and insights are on the rise and they have been for years. So where are you at with your data and insights? Check with Ag Tools. I'm telling you, I use it for Citrus and I get a lot of great data and insights out of their program. Now let's get back to talking with Maddie and Scott. It's been awesome so far. We're loving this. Yeah, thank you, Patrick. All right, so we've talked a little bit about John Green's, you know, standing history within the produce industry. I'm learning so much. I, I always tell everybody, if you can hear through my mic, I'm flipping pages because I'm writing notes down about these companies. And that's what I think is so cool about this with the podcast itself. Like I'm even learning. I love learning every day. We also talked a little bit about trust and honesty in today's customer broker carrier relationship, which I think is the most dynamic thing because like we said, we don't want to get those crazy spam emails. We don't want to, you know, get that what lane you need. Oh, who's going to get, you know, the, the cheapest oh, yeah. truck out there. No, no, no. We want to give build me the trust. easy lanes. I don't want anything hard. I don't want yeah. any multi drops. Just yeah. give me, where's the money tree? Where is I want the, the most money, money tree? One pick one drop. And I want to pick up and deliver whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's the world. I mean, oh, you're not saying is. anything that we haven't heard that, listen, these are all facts and the truth that we're saying here. Yeah, oh, so I couldn't agree more. We, we've heard it and that's what I love. So again, John Green Logistics, I appreciate you being on the show, the first logistics company. So let's get back into chatting a little bit more because, you know, COVID took over 2020. It, it was a crazy year for, for content. It was a crazy year for the food service industry. It was a crazy year for truck drivers. Look at this. It was a crazy year all around, but there's still been a lot of opportunity. There's still been a lot of criticism. Let's talk about that. Working through COVID, like, you know, I've seen it affect a couple supply chains and I've talked about this on a few other episodes, like with Michael Chavez at, at Golden Star Citrus. Supply chains have been disrupted. Uh, you just have had to see it, right? And some say, oh, it's been great. The supply chain has been fine. But again, I just found out this year, blueberries being shipped on airplanes slowed down a little bit because why? Obviously, the airlines weren't flying as much because they fitted. They might, they might have fit one of those pallets onto a commercial plane or something like that. So supply chains have been interrupted. That's an understatement. <laughs> so affected. It's a it's it's a wild thing. It's what we started. You know, the, a little history is last year. Like in the pro, like at least then on our end with our customer bases, uh, uh, you know, we were being squeezed a little bit on rates because uh, uh, it was a it was a good market. There was a lot of equipment out there, and uh, there was a large supply, and uh, the rates were low, and it was tough, you know, on drivers. Uh, fuel rates were were okay, but uh, it, it was an issue, and all of a sudden COVID hits, you know, and and the rates dropped even more. And I mean, people were really hurting. And uh, once they, you know, uh, decided, hey, I'm I'm off the road now. You know, I can't, I can't do this, and, and it's not safe. Uh, you know, that squeeze, and then you know, the ports got shut down, so there was a lot of uh, extra equipment out there, and it just drove those rates down to it couldn't take it anymore. And a lot, of, and then all of a sudden, boom, we had that light switch, and the rates skyrocketed. Uh, uh, volume was very. Uh, uh, inadequate because there was a lot of places that were uh, being shut down. There was, you had all kinds of uh, produce and uh, fresh, you know, warehouses that were, if somebody got COVID, that whole place shut down. And so it was just creating this crazy supply chain issue all across the board. And I mean, you, you'd go one or two days and have a surplus of equipment and then you'd go two or three days and, and you're begging <laughs> to find a way to, 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 to take care and help your customer. And, uh, it's been in my, in my years, it's been the most trying. It's definitely been the most volatile. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, uh, humbled me in some instances, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, uh, but it's been a great experience. And I think it's, for me, it's, I've developed some really good relationships with some of our carriers, uh, over this and just hearing, like just listening to them and what they're going through and how they're trying to retain drivers. Uh, how we as a as a transport company are trying to retain drivers and make drivers happy it's provided us some really good opportunities um with our with our core customers you know we've actually grown within our core customers because of this because uh we were trusted and uh, we trust them as a customer right now 
so uh, there's been some, you know, very positive things I could say that have happened too. our transition as an office. Uh, Maddie, you were a big part of that too. It's uh, it went really well. Like when we transitioned to come home uh, mm-hmm. to work from home, it went like smooth for most of us. We used, uh, you know, zoom and had zoom meetings and Slack meetings, just like everybody did. Just like we saw all their stocks skyrocket, you know, uh, during this uh, time. And, yeah, they uh, did. but it really worked well. And it taught us that we can do this. It taught so many people like us as a logistics company, like there's a lot of logistics companies that completely work from home. And we have part of our agents that do work from home all across the United States and Canada. And, uh, you know, for them, the network was just as is, and it worked great. We just had to have some office support for them. But, uh, the rest of us that work in the office every day, we were working from home and it was a little change for us because we're used to being in the office and like being in the office and having that social, you know, thing. And then we were all parents at home, you know, with our kids, mm-hmm. uh, trying to teach them and get them on, on their school meetings and stuff too, and their homework while we're trying to do our job in logistics. Yeah. And I also think that we are, you know, some of the few companies that are back in the office when I'm doing the zoom calls and the meetings, um, the virtual ones, they're really, everybody's still at home and we're back in the office and that was a smooth transition. And I think being in business so long and having that trust with our customers and our long time carriers has really been able to help us during the COVID pandemic. Yeah, I, I will tell you that, I, I mean, I've worked from home. I always worked from home. I used to have an office when I was in California, but I just moved to Florida. And I, I work out of, uh, I say, the dining room table because it's got the best view. Like, yeah, I live yeah on I've my, seen yeah. it on the, on the screen my, and your you've kids. Seen, <laughs> you've seen my, my view that I have. It's got the best view of uh, me looking out the window to the, to the Tampa Bay water. So I love it. But, you know, I, I do agree. I had a conversation with uh, another peer group about that, about being back in the office, about hiring new people and, and bringing them into the office and the, uh, the morale at the office. And I always say like, work is not somewhere you go, it's something you do. But um, I do agree that the, uh, the obviously the camaraderie of being together and how you can boost morale um, is, is fantastic. And I think that it shows a lot. But I also say, you know, in, in COVID, you know, it's, it's opened it up, like you said, is to let's, let's try things a little bit differently. So when someone finally comes in, maybe for an interview and says, you know, I'd like to work 40% at home, you're probably not going to look at that crazy anymore. You're probably gonna be like, Hey, I completely understand probably for safety reasons. Right. I mean, it, I it's going to change a little bit more. And, you know, I got to go back cause I forgot to tell, tell you this. So it's interesting. My dad was an immigrant into California and you brought up Canada. So obviously, where do you think my dad uh, migrated from? Oh, um, okay. Was Edmonton, Alberta. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it's interesting enough that uh, my dad, actually, my Nana came down uh, with my father and uh, we were the first Kelly boys here. We were you know, born here by my dad's side of the family, but we were the McCulloughs up in Edmonton, Alberta. And it's funny, my dad's still, again, a Canadian citizen to this day. And uh, still, fantastic. still, 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 they still have roots uh, up in Edmonton, Alberta. That's why I asked you earlier about that's you know, great. Where, There's where a lot about. of connections in the produce industry between the U.S. and Canada for sure. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. I got a buddy, good buddy Jay Ashton, who runs the Cisco podcast up there. He, they're doing a great job on the Cisco oh, podcast yeah. as well. You guys should get in touch with them. I'm gonna, we're gonna have to. Oh, that'd be fantastic. To, we love connect it. to you, yeah, for sure. Because if you're up in Canada, they're gonna want to hear what's going on um, as well. But, oh, well, we we have a couple agents we can get you in touch with too. We even had oh man it'd be great yeah that'd be fantastic and that's what this is all about right is it's creating that's opportunity all and working and connecting man, and talking oh. yeah man i, I love it i wanted to ask you a question if, if you didn't mind real quick because just because we keep kind of touching on this topic of podcasting oh of course i'm on it let's do uh, it this is a question for you and it's uh like what got you into podcasting like what made you start because i'm a huge believer in podcasting um i still do one to this day and uh, it's just our friends. It's a local Florida podcast. We talk about our lives, our kids, and we just have a blast with it, right? And uh, we started because we heard somebody else who had a podcast, just kind of had the idea to do it. And when you listen to all these podcasts that, uh, that's opened my world up to uh, so much uh, through Joe Rogan and all these different people that do podcasting, um, they all have just, it's the best community. Uh, everybody's always promoting everybody else. Man, you got to start a podcast. I feel like it's the next wave of social media. Uh, yeah, it is. What it's, got you into it? 
You know, great question. So I moved to Tampa a little bit over a year and a half ago. Um, again, always in the produce and supply chain industry, but uh, my degrees have always called me to do teaching. So okay. I started teaching at the, uh, I'd say the community college here, Hillsborough Community College. I uh, worked for like their little operation startup in their entrepreneurship center as an adjunct. And, you know, I was promoting my book at the time, which was Millennial Boom, helping millennials and boomers thrive together in life oh, and go. work, right? So I, like um, I was promoting the book and I was in a, an organization called One Million Cups. And I ran across this guy that just talked about promoting your passion via like a podcast. And, yeah. you know, the college was like, hey, go to this session. You'll meet this guy, you know, see if we can find any guest speakers for our classes, right? Um, that was the goal. Uh, so I went there and I started talking to this gentleman in uh, November of 2019. And he was like, yeah, man, just, just do it. Just start, start your podcast. And I did. I started Millennial Boom. And uh, if you go look it up, it's on Anchor. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. And I literally go over you know, the 10 chapters of the book. We go over how Hans and I met my co-author. It's a really fun story about That's being great. an entrepreneur in the produce industry and how I was so frustrated with boomers and how they weren't <laughs> listening to my ideas, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And, and how- Okay, and, boomer. Yeah, right, yeah. and I'm just sitting there going, yeah, and a lot of the chapters we go over the wiring, but the, the podcast was all about this, was millennial wiring and technology, natives versus settlers, and how boomers yeah. approach work. And, and then someone came to me and goes, you know, that's a pretty controversial topic. It really is. Yeah. And I said, I go, yeah, you don't, you don't think I knew that? Like, you, you know, yeah, yeah. but my goal is to, to bring you together. And the same guy that said that said, you sure you don't want to start a produce podcast, man? You, you, you're in produce. I, you got a great <laughs> point. And this guy, Chris Kremitzos, I'm going to shout out to him. He's the, uh, you know, he's the founder of PodFest Multimedia and oh, BidFest right. Multimedia. And he just goes, Patrick, he goes, Trust me, he goes, you, you don't know it yet. He goes, but he goes, you, you, you need to start a podcast on produce. And I went to one of his uh, master classes, um, did again, another virtual show, right? And uh -huh. I went to a master class with him and uh, he put on the whiteboard. He goes, Patrick, it's March 27th, 2020. And we're in this master class and he puts on the board, Patrick, here's your goal. And I said, what's my goal? He goes, the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly needs to be started this year. He came up with the name and everything. That's and, fantastic. I, and I sat there and I was just like, okay, I'm March 27th. And I'm sitting there, I come home and I'm like, and this is like a $2,000 a day session I'm talking about, guys. Like, yeah. you know, this is, this is like, I'm going in and I'm sitting there going, what do I do? I get online. I said, okay, Millennial Boom is what I got. Went on Anchor. I started the Produce Industry Podcast. I recorded a minute and 30 seconds saying, Literally, I made it up like we're going to get asparagus to zucchini all week. We're going to talk yeah. supply, demand, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I just <laughs> did great. it. And April 1st, we came out with our first episode. And uh, really, I, I keep telling my mentor, who's Chris Kremitzos, and I just say to him, I'm like, dude, thank you so much. I said, because I have a passion for, um, you know, obviously public speaking, you know, leadership, my industry. And, you know, I just said, thank you so much for pushing me to really see the joy of networking and connecting in my industry. And that's what really got me into it was um, I saw his passion for podcasting and he saw, and this is the best part of it. And I'm doing it too. He saw what I could become. He saw yep. what I didn't see. And he pushed me to become what I always wanted to do. And so, and that's connecting and being a leader in the produce industry and that's what Fantastic. I'm having the most fun with. And, and I give all my credit to him every single day. And every time I talk to him, that's an sponsors, awesome human that you connected with there, man. He that's is, great. man. He's the great. And that's why I did it. You know, and, and he now he tells me to stop. And he's like, you do it for you. And I do. I really do it for the industry now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I did this because someone saw something that I didn't see in me. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's what it is. That's really the, the, the heart of it all. Thank, thank you for sharing that, man. That's pretty awesome. And it's a great story. Uh, I, uh, with the produce, like within our company, I've always thought, you know, I do podcasts. I need to do something for, our, you know, within our company. And I, when I think about it, it's the biggest thing. And we're kind of touching on this, on this topic here today is this trust thing that we're talking about is trying to bridge that gap of uh, trust between, uh, from customer to driver and broker. You know what I mean? And, uh, uh, understanding, finding what, trying to find ways for our customers to understand, what uh it means to be either a, a transportation company or brokerage and uh uh your uh, liabilities and your protections 
and uh, what, you know, it's better to work with the human that cares, the driver who mm-hmm. cares about his job more than the title of that person's job. You know, it's the person that you're working with is so much more important than the title that's on their name tag. And I think that's something that combines the boomer uh, millennial mentality, you know, is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a title. It's a, it's a who you are and what you're about. That's more important. And uh, I think that's the success uh, that's going to drive the next generation of whatever logistics is going to be, you know? Yeah. We have next generation leaders always coming up. I was talking to someone the other day. I talked to a lot of people every day, especially with the podcast, but you know, I go, I thought I was the next leader coming up when I was like in my twenties. <laughs> and it's like, it's 50. And I kept getting from the older generation, 10 more years, you'll get there. 10 more years, we'll get there. And I'm like, it's like 18 years later at this like point. It's never going to happen. Right. <laughs> right? And, I'm, and I'm sitting there and the, this, uh, this lady told me, she goes, you know, what's funny is, is you don't, um, no one decides when you become a leader, but yourself. And that's the yeah. heart of it all. Because if you stay in it's the closet comment. and you stay in your cubicle and you stay in the place where you're just going to be comfortable and not express anything, then yeah, okay. That's, we're okay with that. But the leaders are the ones, like I said, you know, they're, they're stepping up, they're, they're communicating, they're showing transparency. They're being yeah. honest to people. They're showing a passion about what they're that's, doing. Yeah. That's a leader. A vice president isn't a leader. A sales manager isn't a leader. The the person is the leader. So yeah, you pointed that right out. So Scott, I completely agree with that. And I think our next generation of leaders are already here, but they need to find a way to express themselves. And a lot of it, and like you said, is through this new ways of media, new ways of marketing, all the way from Instagram to YouTube. And you said it right. I don't, this isn't my full-time job, the podcast. And I do this for a passion. Um, I do this because I want to see the industry have a voice and I want to see you have a voice. I want everybody exactly. to have a voice when the industry, like I always say, you know, it yep. says with Patrick Kelly today, but guess what? When you take Patrick Kelly away, they're still the produce industry, right? Exactly. And and that's what we're here for. So it, it, um, that, that's a good point, man. And Maddie, uh, you know, she started this marketing this year. And it's, it's been a new, a new thing for her. And I've always known that she's had it just because I've known Maddie forever. She was on a podcast with me for a little while and we just have a blast with it. But, uh, you, her social media game is like, we used to call it back in the day. It was on fleek. Was that your yeah. terminology back then? Yeah. <laughs> and she was that. so, her social media is so good just in her personal life and, and, and the people that she surrounds herself with. It's, it's so positive and good. And I'm just like, man, we need marketing within our company. That's one thing as us as a small company, we just don't have, uh, we have websites, we have our reputation, you know, as good people know us in the industry, but nobody knows us. And so Maddie took the reins and just went to town with it and has us connected with so many people, you know, through all the outlets, everything, you know, and, uh, she's like, I do artwork a little bit and she's learned how to do artwork where she does all her own artwork now. And, and does it all herself. And she's taught herself so much in this last year. And I'm very, very proud of her. For yeah, sure. I, and I, I follow you on Instagram and everything too. So I see all the stuff you, you put out. That's kind of, remember, I think a couple of times we, uh, we exchanged um, uh, DMs on, on the John Green Logistics, your, the social media too. That's awesome. Yeah, we have. Yeah. I mean, I just started out just like making like random meme pictures and following a few people. I really thought that's just kind of what they wanted. And then I just, like Scott said, it just kind of blew up and I just took the reins and, um, you know, I didn't think that I'd ever be a part of all these virtual meetups or I didn't think that that was, you know, really in, in the job title, but I just kind of, like Scott said, I wasn't really worried about the title and I just kind of jumped in and, you know, met everybody. Did you do, who did you do the, uh, the, the, uh, virtual conference with? Was it Tony Robbins? Oh yeah. Yeah. She did a virtual <laughs> thing with Tony Robbins uh, one day. She like is called like, she has like, I think our, on our transportation side, all of our drivers love Maddie. And I think it just, it helps the, uh, uh, the mentality and, uh, the vibes of the whole, uh, transportation department. Cause now they're sending her pictures. Then she's posting their pictures that she's sending online. So then they're getting to see it. Their mothers and fathers are seeing it. Their kids are getting to see pictures of their trucks on the road. It's with a community the they work for. And those are the little tiny things that you don't think of when you're just a small transportation company with drivers that work for you. 
you know, like uh, they want to be noticed and seen and mm-hmm. heard in, in the right way. And Maddie's that voice for them uh, within the company now. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that's what kind of sets us apart from other logistics companies. Like we said, is that we are small, but we're just so connected and care about one another and just the family. So I think that's what makes us different. Well, I've learned a lot. I, I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to learning more. I, I hope that we are able to uh, grow this network together. I think, like For I said, sure. Maddie, we, we've been, again, talking via text, via, like I said, via DM, via email, via virtual shows. I mean, like I said, I've seen Maddie on five to seven different platforms already, meaning that John Green is probably on 20 to 50 more that we don't know of, right? Because of what Maddie's yep. doing. So, because of her. Yeah, I was going to say because of her. So Maddie, that's a great thing to talk about too. That's a great, a great case study for our industry because as uh, companies are still um, in this world of not having marketing directors, they're going to start hiring them. And you know, like I said, John Green Logistics could be the forefront that and have a great case study of, hey, this is how you grow your audience and this is what you do. And these are lessons learned that we've seen. It's all about telling a story. So Maddie, what, what I'd like you to do though is tell us, some of those handles where someone can go ahead and get a hold of John Green Logistics, whether uh, any social media platforms, where, where, where can we find you? Yeah, we're on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, um, JGLC, or yeah, all of them are JGLC. And then we're Green Transport Company on all of those platforms. That's awesome. And we're able to get our names very easily and simply. It was kind of nice. Yeah, that JGLC. I like I keep wanting to say it like JGLC in the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it's a just, big thing in our office. Yeah, by it the is. Way. JGLC is really? the place you want to be. Well, here's the, here's oh, the thing. Is, is, <laughs> get me out of here. See, I'm I've been there for a while, right? So me and one other a couple other people that have been there for a while, growing up and, and answering the phones there within this company was John Green Logistics Company. Uh, this is Scott, how can I help you? And we, that's how we always did it, right? Or <laughs> if someone says, hey, who is this? We're like John Green. Well, then our vice president, Chase, which is the owner's son, uh, Jeff Green's son, uh, is, uh, comes in and he wants to brand us JGLC. And it was the right move. It's smart. It makes yeah, sense. It it's easy. We get all of our emails are at JGLC. So it just, it just made the whole process just better. Abbreviations. And, uh, it'll, me it'll in my head, when I answer the phone, or if I'm talking to to someone, they go, "Oh, well, who is this?" When I'm making an appointment, I'm like, "Oh, this is John Grant." I'm like, oh, I mean, I mean, JGLC. <laughs> so everybody else has it down pat, except us older folks. We don't have it. <laughs> hey, so listen, funny. I already have it down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, wrap, I'm gonna wrap it when I, uh, <laughs> when I do the, uh, the type up for the details of the show. I'm, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna be that JGLC. That's I'll space it out. It perfectly. flows. It's right, man. It, it just, it just made sense. We just oh, got as Maddie says, buildings expanding and stuff, and we're getting a new arm to our, our office. And we just got the, the logos designed for it and everything, got them up uh, dated. And it looks, just looks fantastic. I love it. I love everything you guys are doing, Maddie. I love what you're doing. I love everything about being involved in this industry. So I want to thank both of you for coming on the show today. And I look forward to chatting with you in the future. And we love it, man. Thank you for your time as well. Yeah, thank you, Patrick. Thank you for inviting us on here and your other virtual meetups that you've invited me on. They're all a really good experience, Patrick. Yeah, thank they're you really that. good. You're doing a really good job and you know, connecting everybody. And that's really important. So I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.